With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight, the reigning, defending, 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 undisputed, universal, heavyweight champion, Wildcat Radio 2.0, bear down. You beautiful people. Hey, here we go. The Saul Bookman Show live from the Vivid Seat Studio. Thank you all for joining me once again on this beautiful, beautiful day. Not so beautiful for the Arizona football team, though, as they got roughed up down uh, at USC. Tough, tough, tough game. And we'll talk about that more here in a little bit. I just want to say... First of all, thank you for Vivid Seats for their sponsoring of this show. And by the way, had a buddy actually download the Vivid Seats app, went to a Coyotes game. I told him to use the promo code OVERTIME. It worked out beautifully for him. He saved almost $100 on some tickets. I'm telling you, it works. Use it for any first-time users. This app is money. So make sure you use that. We'll also get in to some U of A hoops, some cool things going on behind the scenes, just in case you haven't heard, and some recruiting news. And then we'll wrap it all up with a nice pretty bow. I'm actually going to talk about some student media stuff going on down at the University of Arizona, especially for you youngsters out there that might listen to this podcast and have an interest in possibly pursuing a degree at the University of Arizona, especially in sports journalism. Man, do I have some cool stuff for you. So stay tuned. This is the Saul Bookman Show. Hey, let's hit the field. And it's a good one. A fair catch by Stanley Berryhill. And then he gets out of the way. Did he touch it? If he did, it's a USC ball. Trojan football. Damon Johnson, the deep snapper, gets down the field to recover. And for the second straight week, Arizona has trouble on punt return. Well, you know, another week, and we have to talk about another U of A loss on the football field, this time at the hands of the USC Trojans out in L.A., and really from the first punt to the end of the game, it just wasn't even close. Uh, It really wasn't. A couple things, I will say this. The defense has been playing out of its mind. I, I will say that, especially in the first half. And can you really blame them? They have been put in situations that they really don't deserve to be put in. Both at the hands of not only the offense, but also special teams. The very first punt of the game, special teams drop, fumble, USC gets put in perfect position. They still hold them to three points. This Arizona football team cannot make mistakes. And the defense has done their very best to bail them out time and time and time again. So I I will say that. The defense has been lights out. Everybody's been swarming to the ball for the most part. Um, They've had 
some breakdowns here and there, but nothing too, you know, catastrophic. And until we get to the second half, you know, things look very, very good for the defense. It's just, it's just too bad that they get worn down and you can't blame them. They're on the field. It seems like two thirds of the game. And so that it is what it is, right? At this point, the defense can play out of their minds. They still might lose the game, but at least you can hang your hat on that the fact that Marcel Yates has actually turned this defense around. I think everybody was calling for his head the first few weeks of the season. Uh, I don't think there was uh, any light at the end of the tunnel from a lot of people's perspectives, but it has gotten better. They have gotten better. I know when you look at the final stats, when you look at the points per game, it's not going to reflect how well the defense has really played in in really the last two weeks. They have been fantastic. Uh, and really, com- since conference play started, they have been uh, fantastic. You know what? I'll even go back to Texas Tech. Just a fantastic job by this defense of turning it around and really keeping Arizona in the ball game for the most part, especially in the first half. Now we have to go with the things that were not so good. Before we get to Khalil Tate and, and Grant Gunnell, I have to say that overall, special teams and offense has just has just been not good. It just has not been good at all. Stanley Berryhill, as you heard on that recording uh, or on that soundbite, drops the first punt of the game, and that essentially it, it's almost like it's like you knew at that moment things might not be not might not go your way. It just didn't seem like Arizona was ever in this game outside of that first defensive stop. It just it it was hard to watch, and as a U of A fan, I I imagine it was so difficult to watch because you just knew deep down inside that your team didn't really have a chance because it kept killing itself. It, it unforced errors, unforced errors. So let's start with special teams. Stanley Berryhill sets the tone by dropping the the punt. Then you go to the offensive line, who really struggled with the blitz and the packages that USC was throwing at them. Um, They came with more men than they they had blockers for. And I will get to a way it should have been alleviated here in a moment. But at its core, the offensive line could have done a better job than what they showed on Saturday. I will leave it at that. And then you move over and the wide receivers didn't really get involved too much. And even when they did, there were several missed balls. They they had an opportunity to catch the ball, especially in the second half. I, I noticed some things um, that maybe weren't apparent in the first half because you know U of A was seemingly on their back the entire time. Uh, but in the second half, some things kind of came to fruition. Uh, some drop balls, a drop touchdown pass. Like there was opportunities there for some big plays, and the wide receivers need to do a much better job of coming through with those catches. Now, that being said, here we go. Khalil Tate, Grant Gunnell. I know everybody's going to be clamoring for Grant Gunnell, and you should be. You absolutely should be right now. There is no reason to keep Khalil Tate in as the starting quarterback. At least not from what I'm seeing. The blueprint is out. Everybody knows the blueprint is out there. Washington pretty much defined it. 
and it's 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 just terrible to watch. You if you blitz and keep Khalil Tate contained, he will make mistakes. He will not be able to read the defense. He doesn't know where his hot reads are. He can't see open receivers underneath because he doesn't want to throw the underneath pass. He wants the big play every single time. And if you just put some pressure on him, you will get rewarded. Khalil Tate threw 10 passes in that first half. He was sacked six times. Now, some of those were the offensive line's fault, sure. A lot of them, a lot of them were, he just didn't see the underneath receivers. He didn't see his hot read. He didn't see where the where the pressure was going to come from. It's like he knows what the play is. He has his mind set up as to what he wants to do. He has one or two options. That's as deep as he gets on his reads. He doesn't get very much. He doesn't really get to the third and fourth options at all. He'll take the snap without really even evaluating what the defense is doing. You have to analyze and see where the pressure is going to come from, and based off of that. You make your adjustments as a quarterback. And I I just don't see that from him. I don't know what has happened since the Colorado game. But man alive, can you, can you read a defense? That's all I'm asking for. Can you read a defense? And I think that was shown when Grant Gunnell came into the game. He hit his underneath receivers. He hit his hot route. He hit the quick slants. He got the ball out of his hands into his playmakers. And the biggest difference here is is that Grant Gunnell understands that he's not the athlete that his receivers are. Khalil Tate thinks he's a better athlete than his receivers are, so he thinks he can make the play all the time. And I would say 95% of the time in the last two weeks, he has not been able to. And then, let's just talk about the fundamental aspects of Khalil Tate. Not stepping up in the pocket, or bailing out way too fast. There were several occasions where he had the opportunity to just step up in the pocket and let the pressure go around him. But instead, he took a step forward and then bailed out to the left or the right backwards, ended up going out of bounds several times and taking a loss instead of just throwing the ball out of bounds. And when you're talking about a defense that in Arizona that is keeping you in the ball game, I know it might sound you know, minuscule, Six yard, a six yard loss, you know, what's six yards really going to do for you? It's a huge deal. It's a huge deal for a defense that is barely hanging on and trying to keep you in the ball game. Unacceptable. Unacceptable all the way around for a quarterback, a senior, to be running out of bounds six yards behind the line of scrimmage to avoid a sack. It just doesn't make any sense to me. What are you doing out there? Throw the ball away. You're already out of the pocket. A little flick of the wrist, 10 yards down the field, past the line of scrimmage, and it's and we move on. But you're constantly putting yourself behind the eight ball over and over and over again. Khalil Tate, I don't know uh, if if it's if it's a loss of athleticism, but I know this when athletes run into similar athletes, that's when the mental game comes in to play, right? And so Khalil Tate, let's say he's the 99 athlete. Well, he's going up against a bunch of five-star athletes on that USC side of the ball. And so he's not able to outrun them. He's not able to outmaneuver them. On the field, you're not reading the defense. That's what I care about. 
And so since because since you can't read the defense, you're killing your team. And then on top of that, you're making some boneheaded mistakes by running out of bounds. I'm beating this to a dead horse. But man, when Grant Gunnell came in, first series, he gets hit, throws an interception. And you're like, oh man, this is not this is not good. And and that was evident that the offensive line and the blitz pickup packages that Arizona institutes are just not they're just not very good, right? But then Grant comes back. Several drives later, you could see the progression. You could see the movement in the offense. Finally, after you know almost two and a half quarters, the ball was moving up and down the field. U of A was able to get 14 points out of you know out of the second half. Not the not the greatest thing in the world. Sure, Grant Gunnell made some some mistakes as well, but at least I can see that he's going through his progressions, and that's what I'm talking about. That's why Arizona has to make the move. Because if Khalil Tate can't use his athleticism to the advantage of the team and he's neutralized, then we're talking about just pure quarterback play. Stepping in the pocket, arm, accuracy, the ability to read a defense. And in that, I don't think you could find anybody that would say Khalil Tate's a better quarterback than Grant Gunnell. Not at this point. Not from what they've both shown. So, it, it, it's there's a long way to go in the season. There's still five more games. And at this point, I don't know. I don't even know if Arizona's going to be able to find another two wins. For all I know, they could win against Stanford this week. They could beat Oregon State next week. And then, guess what? They're bowl eligible and, and everybody's happy and... And they're moving on to the last three games of the, or last three games of the season, which are going to be brutal. Uh, <laughs> those are going to be some tough, tough games with Utah, Oregon, and and uh, ASU. That, that man, that is not that is not a nice threesome uh, to really face down the stretch. So you have to essentially win these next two games because you don't want to have to win one of those last three games. You don't. It'd be nice if you do, but you don't want to have to win one of those three games. So, you know, it, it's, it, it's, not a, it's not a pretty sight right now for the University of Arizona football team. Uh, I will say this, though. Um, on the side, uh, one of the, the, the cool things that I, I did find out this weekend, um, I did download the CBS Sports HQ app. I don't know if you guys have ever done this, but uh, it, it, it's really informative. It gives you analysis. It, gave me, um, it gives me betting lines, which is really awesome. Uh, and so, you know, there's, there's no fake debates, you know, there's, it's just sports for real sports fans at the price of completely free. It's completely free. So you don't have to log in or sign up or anything. You just download the app and you go and you get a bunch of information, even for fantasy football and stuff like that. And, uh, again, a shameless plug, but it's so awesome. It's a great app to use, download it. And while you're watching the U of A game, follow along with that CBS sports HQ app. And you'll get a lot of information on the game as it's going on. So, I think we're going to just wrap this pretty little bow up as um, Arizona football does get set to take, take on Stanford. A depleted Stanford team. Uh, but then again, USC was depleted as well. But I'm going to try and leave you on a high note. I think if Arizona starts Grant Gunnell, which I, as of last night, or as of Saturday night, Kevin Sumlin said that Khalil Tate was still going to be the starter. He's QB1. 
So we'll see how it goes. But if Grant Gannell can start or at least play a significant amount of time for Arizona without being completely behind in the game, I think that is a winnable game. Even though it's up at Palo Alto and Stanford's going to want to win that game because they have things to fight for as well, uh, it's still an opportunity for Arizona to try and, and really hone in and really focus on getting one of their last winnable games under their belt. They need this win so bad. So, so bad. So, we'll see next week. Hopefully, I have better news for you. I am 0 for 2 in terms of this podcast and Arizona football wins, but that's okay. But coming up next, let's get to some U of A hoops. There's some pretty uh, cool news behind the scenes that maybe you you hadn't heard of or you haven't read yet. Uh, I'm going to fill you in on that. And then, we're going to talk about some cool student media stuff coming up at the U of A. So, stick with us. Because it's time to go find out what's good on the wood. All right, so down in McHale, a lot of things happening around uh, the country uh, in, in addition to what's going on with the U of A. Some watch list news to give you. First of all, Chase Jeter was named to the Abdul-Jabbar watch list for the nation's top center. And then Josh Green was also named to the Julius Irving Award watch list, which is to the nation's top small forward. But there's one omission that is borderline ridiculous, and that is the Koozie watch list. Uh, Arizona's Nico Mannion did not make that list. Let me tell you who did, though. Uh, in the in in the Pac-12 alone, Peyton Pritchard, McKinley Wright, and Remy Martin. I have no issue with that outside of the fact that I do believe Nico Mannion is going to be, if not the best guard, at least one of the top three best guards in the conference. And I don't believe that all three of these guys are better than Nico Mannion. I won't tell you which one I think is better than Nico Mannion right now. I think all these guys have some seniority. I think they all have experience and that's what lends itself to being ahead of Nico Mannion. And I totally get it, but I just think Nico Mannion's going to be a better player than that. And I don't think that all three of these guys are hands down better. Period. I just don't. So, but nevertheless, it is what it is, right? Uh, some other things going on behind the scenes that maybe you, you didn't see or you didn't hear. Um, Zeke Naji is really making an impact, apparently, in practices. So much so that in the third week of practice now... He is now the golden jersey wearer. So, uh, you know, that goes to the player that that stands out the most during practice, does all the little things, uh, really, really busts his hump and uh, really sets the tone during practices. Something you definitely want to hear, especially from uh, a new a newcomer trying to really get his foot in the door and into the starting lineup or, or into the lineup period. Um, I've, I've been hearing great things about Zeke Naji, definitely somebody who you're going to want to get excited about. He's got length. He's got the ability to score. He can play some defense. Uh, and so, you know, having that gold jersey, taking away from another surprise, which is Devin Air Dutrieve, somebody who has been kind of a, you know, somebody that's kind of been hard to figure out, right? Your first year, he showed some definite signs of brilliance. And you kind of wondered, you know, it, 
is is this going to actually be somebody who turns into a a superstar here at U of A, or are they just going to have those flashes here and there and just kind of disappear? And when they said, when he said he was going to transfer this summer, you thought, okay, well, that's it's just going to be another one on the list of people who leave and want to go do something else somewhere somewhere else. But he came back, and uh, apparently he has been really showing out in practice so much so that he wore the gold jersey the first two weeks. So there's that. And I know we just got done talking about some of the the awards watch lists and stuff like that, but I, I want to tell you about something that I think you are all going to want to take part of, and that is my bookie. If you go to mybookie.ag, I'm telling you, it's easy, easy, easy money. So much so that they're going to offer you, they're going to match your first deposit. Up to $1,000, they're going to match your first deposit, and you can make bets on who you think is going to win the national championship. You can make bets on who you think is going to win the Heisman. You can make bets on who you think is going to win the national championship in college hoops. You name it, you can make a bet on it. It's it's a fantastic site to go to, mybookie.ag. If you use the promo code OVERTIME, they will match your first deposit. I'm telling you, get in right now. Make sure you, you know, really essentially, make sure you, you put money on the things that you think are going to come true. It's, it's simple. I know I'm making betting seem so elementary, but it really is pretty simple, especially when they're going to match your first deposit. I mean, this is a great deal. You should definitely take advantage of it. You know, with mybookie.ag, you play, you win, you get paid. And that's what the point is, right? Make a, make a bet on something that you think is going to come true. So if you think U of A is going to make it to the Final Four, put your money where your mouth is and do it on mybookie.ag. With that being said, we do have to transition to something off the court, uh, some some off the court news, and that will come in the way of Book Richardson. And obviously, we are all well well aware of the FBI problems and FBI troubles uh, that plagued this program in the last couple years. Um, hopefully, that's all behind them. I'm sure there's still going to be some news coming forward. I would assume here in in the relatively soon future, I don't know if it's going to happen during basketball season. Obviously, we all hope it doesn't, but you just never know. Um, The NCAA is the NCAA is the NCAA, and I'm not a big fan of them. I don't think any of you are, but with that being said, um, Book Richardson did get released from prison this week, and uh, I know there's going to be a lot of you out there that are going to be upset and won't want to forgive uh, what Book Richardson did. There's quite a few of you that feel the other way is, you know what, what he did is what he did, and it's time to move on. And I think I am of that ilk. I think that people make mistakes, and I think people do things in order to get an advantage in life. And sometimes those things are uh, either illegal, or they just are not part of, the construct of what should be happening. And so I don't know what, I'm not even going to speculate. I'm not even going to talk about what the situations may or may not have been, but book Richardson went to prison for $20,000. He's going, he paid a, he paid a price. He lost his job. He lost his career. He's not going to be able to coach in college basketball anymore. He's, he has a felony on his record. Uh, but his life isn't ruined completely. There's still plenty of things out there for him to be able to, to do and get into. 
Um, there's a, a, a state of rehabilitation that's going to have to occur here in the short term. And I know, at least for myself, uh, I think he has paid his price, three months in prison, a loss of his career. And uh, I think from this point forward, we're going to wish him nothing but the best of luck as he tries to put his life back together. I do believe in second chances. I do believe that a lot of people out there make a lot of mistakes, a lot more egregious than what he's he did. And I think at the end of the day, he didn't really hurt anybody else except for himself. And and I know some of you are going to say, well, he hurt the program too. Sure, sure, we, we, could, we could say that too. Um, there's been a lot of other things that have hurt the program as well. And he's just one of, of many, many, okay? So I think as, as Wildcats and as if you have any compassion within you at all, I think it's, it's a, it's a, it's a good thing to forgive and forget and move on. And I don't think what he did is going to have such a lasting stain on this program. I can see maybe a probation or maybe some scholarship losses. At least I'm hopeful for that, but I don't think what he did is going to end up, you know, blacklisting the U of A uh, more than they already are by some people in the media and some some outlets out there. So uh, we'll, we'll just wish him the best of luck as he moves forward with his life and his family. Um, if you've ever met Book Richardson in person, uh, you could not meet um, a nicer guy. And when you talk to him in person and you see the way he interacts with his players, you can tell he genuinely cares for those guys. And if you talk to any of those those former players... Um, they will tell you to a man that they love book and that they they love the the father figure type that he is you know he he was considered uncle book right and so um, I I will just leave it at that I hope that he's able to put his life together and move on like a lot of other people have been able to do in life after they've been faced with a difficult circumstance that they put themselves in and uh, I think he's going to learn from those mistakes and move on, or at least I hope he does, uh, because at the end of the day, we're all people, we're all human, and at the end of the day, if we just take a step back and realize that somebody really lost everything, and that they don't deserve to live the rest of their life in misery, and as long as they can put themselves back together, that's all that really matters. Did he learn from his mistakes? Can he move on? And I think, uh, I think, and I hope, that he does. Finally, just like I do every single week, I try to give you guys something that's going on on campus that's pretty cool or something maybe you did not know about. This one is going to be about the Daily Wildcat. And for those of you who don't know what the Daily Wildcat is, it is a student media organization. They they do the student paper. They produce articles and uh, of news and sports and et cetera, et cetera. You know what it is. Uh, it's a student-run organization. And by that, I mean the people who put the paper together, the people who pu- publish everything online are all students. You have to be a student to be involved. The only person that's not a student that's involved is the student media director himself, Brett Farah. He's the one that kind of gives everybody guidance, but he doesn't tell them what they should and should not publish. That is completely on the students and how they think it should be run because it is truly a student media organization. And I'm telling you, the real-life experience these kids get is unmatched uh, by any other internship or 
or anything. It's 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 a brilliant organization, and so brilliant so that President Robbins even went on to Jim Rome last year and even bragged about it and tried to get Jim Rome's son to to enroll at the U of A to to be a part of it. And President Robbins deserves a shout out too because he's the one that made it happen when it comes to a new facility for this Daily Wildcat organization. And he put him up in the bursar's office on the second floor. It's a beautiful, beautiful facility. Uh, Camp Radio, Student Radio is there. UATV is there. And now the Daily Wildcat is there as well. All three in one. So if you're a student and you're looking for a new opportunity down at the U of A, you want to get into sports journalism, or if you want to get into journalism at all, perfect place to start. Just a perfect place to start. That's my shameless plug. That's all I got for you guys this week. Another episode of the Saul Bookman Show is in the books. Next week, we have a special guest. My man, Corey Williams, is going to join us on the show. It's going to be fantastic. Please stick around for our next podcast next Monday. Always dropping, 7 a.m. You know what time it is. We'll see you next week. (laughs) 